Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is the number one online source for wine and spirits, offering over 3,000 products. You won't find a better selection of spirits and wines anywhere else. You can order everything from the most popular brands to some brands out there that you may not know of, but you should definitely try. They also have gift boxes for those special occasions that are coming up. To check out Country Wine and Spirits and go find that perfect spirit for yourself, go to cwspirits.com. And when you check out, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for 5% off. Hey, I'm Brianna, B. Jordan 18 on TikTok, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Brianna, thank you so much for joining Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I took a day off of work, so I got to relax all day. All right. Uh, how was work today? I didn't have to do anything. I took the day oh, off. Oh, I'm sorry. After a very long, crazy weekend. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. You oh. probably said that, <laughs> but uh, so no, you, no you had a good day off. Yeah, I played video games, hung out with the cat, got some housework done, and drank a couple of white claws and just <laughs> relaxed for the day. So, where do you where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, very cool. Uh, whereabouts in Massachusetts are you from? Uh, I'm in Oxford, so that's 20 minutes from Worcester. See, I, the only thing I know about Massachusetts, truthfully, is Salem. Salem? Okay, that's closer to Boston. I'm probably like 45 minutes to an hour from Salem. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you because know, everybody knows about the Salem witch trials and all, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. All that history. <laughs> and like I told you um, before we started recording at the beginning of the show, I like to have my guests give mm-hmm. a drink special. So what do you have for us today? Um, what I've been making myself a lot has been a strawberry lemon margarita. Uh, I use the Swole Cristalino tequila, and I'll use just like a maker's mixer for strawberry margarita mix and use lemon juice instead of lime juice, and then I'll uh, rim the glass with uh, lemon drop sugar. So what kind of taste? And extra tartness. Yeah, uh, extra tartness, okay. What does it taste like? Um, I don't want to say as far as strawberry lemonade, but it's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's like a more tart strawberry margarita. Okay. Because the lime, lemon juice is a lot more sour than the lime. Now, now, this is one of your own personal creations that you made at home, uh, you were telling me before. Yeah. So, uh, how did that come along? Did you just decide, I'm going to try this? or? Yeah, I mean, so I, I prefer lemons in general, like, as opposed to lime. Like, I like things really sour. I like tart drinks. I'm not a sweet, sweet person. Mm. Um, so I was like, well, I was making strawberry margaritas, and I'm like, hmm, I have this lemon drop sugar that I had bought for to make some other drinks. Mm. And so I was like, well, that's a little more tart than regular sugar. I was like, lemon drop. All right, let me add some lemon juice instead of the lime juice and see how it tastes. And it's just kind of stuck. Okay, very cool. Well, like I tell uh, tell all my listeners, give that drink a try, and if uh, you do try it out, let me know what you thought of it, and uh, you can also let uh, Brianna know about it, because uh, we'll give you the, her information on how to find her on social media a little bit later on. All right, so yeah. down to uh, okay. down to business now. So uh, you're from Salem, or no, you're not from Salem, you're from... <laughs> somewhere else in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's my, sorry, my mind got stuck. Yeah. There. <laughs> Small town math. 
you're from Massachusetts East Coast. Um, so what's uh, how's things going on out there right now? Are you experiencing the hot weather like everybody else around here? It's been a lot warmer for us than usual. Uh, we had some rain, so it cooled off a bit, but it's been pretty comfortable for me. I'm not too afraid of the heat. Mm. So. Oh, uh, I'm not a fan of winter. <laughs> I, uh, I'm originally from Oregon and, uh, it, yeah. it, it temperature would get to maybe up, up to a hundred degrees, maybe for a week. And then, you know, and then it would drop like a stone, start raining and raining and raining. But, um, yeah. I, I moved out to Texas uh, for a job and today I think we topped out at 109 degrees and I could never, uh, it, it's tough. That's way too hot. It's uh, it's tough, especially working in uh, wind energy because I'm sitting in a giant fiberglass mm-hmm. box. Uh, but anyway, enough <laughs> enough of that. So <laughs> on this show, I like to talk about people's lives in the service industry, and let's uh, start there. Okay. You know, at the beginning of your uh, time in the service industry, when did you get started? So my grandparents owned a restaurant before I was even born. Um, well, they owned a catering business and they opened a breakfast and lunch restaurant probably when I was around 10 years old. And then when I turned 14, because in Massachusetts, you have to be at least 14 to get a worker's permit to work with family. I started working on the weekends, buffing tables at the restaurant. And then, then when I turned 16, I got a job at a bowling alley. I was the hostess in the restaurant part. Mm. So... You decided, been, you decided not to stay with the family? As long as I can remember. You decided not to stay with the family? Nah, we, working with family is, can be hard. Uh, um, believe me, I understand happened that. to be that my brother was my manager at the bowling alley. So. Uh, oh, so you're still working with family, technically. So I just moved to a different family <laughs> job. But. So they let you get started at a really young age. Uh, were you just bussing tables? or yeah. were you... Yep. I just started bussing tables. Um on the occasion that like a server would call out or something, I would help. So my stepmom also works in the same restaurant. That's how I would get to and from work. It's 14 years old. Mm. So when she worked, I worked basically. No. And so with a server called out, I would help her with her table kind of thing. But at that young of an age, I wasn't actually serving myself. Just helping. Sure. I guess. Yeah, and you kind of have to be careful about that sort of thing, even though you're helping out a family restaurant. I've seen that before. I've uh, been into a restaurant, and uh, they, you know, like the kids are on summer break or something like that, and I, I yeah. see them bussing tables like crazy, and I'm wondering if their their parents are in the back saying, for every table you bus, I give you a dollar or something like that. <laughs> and Yeah, no. I got the regular minimum wage, and I got, I want to say it was 10% of the tip. I got kicked out at the end of each day by the servers. No, so. at that young of an age and being able to go home with money in your pocket, that had to been cool. Oh yeah. I was able to buy my own cell phone and put minutes on it. Back when, you know, you had to put minutes on a cell phone mm. and, uh, it was, it felt really good to have your own money to do things at 14 years old when you couldn't even go do anything with it. And your family encouraged you to help out with the family business? and Oh, yeah. My family's always been about you work for your money, you work for what you want in life. Mm. And that's continued on. It's uh, You don't quit a job until you have the next one already. And um, If you lose a job, you better have another one lined up in a day or two kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, uh, not don't be like one of those guys that just all of a sudden says, "Screw this place, I'm out of here," and then uh, yeah, and go sit on unemployment for the next two, three years. Yeah, or uh, sit on somebody else's couch for the next year because you can't exactly. can't find a job. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So then, from then, you moved on to working. Uh, what was it like? A, the bar in the or a restaurant in a bowling alley? Yeah, so um, it was a local bowling alley. They had a restaurant attached to it. It was called Pins, and the restaurant was called the Blue Dog. And they needed someone on the customer service side on the bowling alley, but then they also needed a hostess in the restaurant because it was starting to get busier. So I did a little of both. So uh, now here's the question that's been on my mind because uh, I go bowling alleys every once in a while. Everybody does. It's like an American pastime. Mm-hmm. 
do you get like sensory deprivation of the noise or does it, does it drive you crazy? Can you still hear it when you go home? That sort of thing. Oh yeah. So when I was working on the customer service side, the arcade was right next to the register for where you check people in for bowling. Mm. So you always hear those little sirens and jingles and everything from the arcade game in the restaurant side. We would have live bands on Friday and Saturday night. Uh So it was like being at a concert. So that ringing in your ears that you have at the end of a concert, Mm. that's what I would go home with on Friday and Saturday night from the restaurant. Boy, you get some seriously sensory derived. You got the music, you got the sound of the bowling pins getting knocked down, you got the sound of video games, jukeboxes, and cheering drunk people. People. (laughs) Yeah. It it was always chaos. And I just moved from chaos to chaos. Mm. While I was working there, I also worked, once I turned 18, I also worked at David's Bridal, which is a whole other customer service aspect. Mm. And it was a much quieter atmosphere. But... So um, I imagine working with uh, with your grandparents' restaurant, you didn't have to deal with the customers all that much. Um, it varied. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a breakfast and lunch, so it was a lot of the older crowd, especially early mornings right after church. I was right across the street from the church. Oh. So it was a lot of plussing the tables. You'd get a lot of interaction with the people sitting around the table you're cleaning asking you for things or, hey, this is wrong on my order. I'm like, ah. At first, it was always that moment of like, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, Grammy? <laughs> like, um, but the more I did it, the more I was like, oh, yeah, let me bring that back. And bring it back to my grandfather and tell him what they said was wrong with it. And he'd make sure and get a new one would get back out kind of thing. And, mm. oh, the the uh, rudest I've ever been to a customer is somebody that, uh, she, she came into the bar and I wasn't even serving that, uh, serving that area. I was serving tables on the opposite side and mm-hmm. she sees me run up to the bar, write something down on a ticket. And she goes, excuse me, is that my husband's hamburger? And I said, no, this is a piece of paper. And then she holds up a dollar and says, this is a piece of paper too, which you're not getting. And, uh, she tells a person sitting next to her that she just came from church. And I, I said, you just came from church and you're acting like that. And boy, was she mad! That's to me. <laughs> and she was mad at me. <laughs> and she swore she would uh, never. That reminds me of we said I worked at Uno's. So when I further along in my service industry career, I worked at Uno's, which is the Chicago style pizzeria mm. chain restaurant. Um, and I worked there for about two years while I finished up college. And we had this one couple that would come in every Tuesday night at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. It was an older couple, but they were always like one of our last tables and everything had to be just right. Mm. The gentleman would have an iced tea with two slices of lemon. He didn't want one. He didn't want three. He wanted two. Mm. Okay. Mm. You couldn't just give him a little bowl. And every time you gave him a new iced tea, it better have two slices of lemon. Mm. Okay. And the wife just wanted a glass of water. They wanted their side salads out right away. Hers with Italian, his with ranch. Like, and it was a, they expected that you knew exactly what they wanted. They didn't care if you had only started that week, that day. If you were serving them, you knew what they wanted. Yeah. And they sat at the same table every week. Like, (laughs) they weren't there we still better have their table set aside kind of thing. Yeah. They were that table that would have the tip sitting at the end of the table waiting uh, to take a dollar away kind of thing. Oh, yeah, okay. So were th- was there ever a time where you had everything set up for them before they got there? Um, We always kind of just kept an eye out for them. Uh, like we would always – so we made the iced tea fresh every uh, morning mm-hmm. and obviously throughout the day if it got low and all that, but – so we would always kind of keep an eye out of, okay, are they actually showing up this Tuesday or not? Because sometimes they wouldn't, of course, life happens, right? Mm-hmm. So we'd always have to keep an eye out for if they were showing up, to whether we could pop the IC from the day or not to finish our closing. But we would never, like, have it all set up because 
never read the ice melt or oh they were that picky and, uh, oh, yeah they were the, really that picky they, they couldn't be watered down and they were the most difficult couple i ever dealt with oh man i typically tried to take the bar shift so that i didn't have to have their table <laughs> Uh, yeah, every restaurant has those uh, particular regulars. The, all the bars that uh, bars and restaurants that I worked at, I got to know the regulars fairly well, it to, and to the point where, uh, oh look, look, they're here, and then their beers or whatever, uh, their drinks at least were yeah. on the table first thing, and they actually came mm-hmm. to expect that. So when one server was a little bit slow uh, that day, didn't notice them come in, all of a sudden they're doing this shit and. Um, oh god and i'm like that's what would get me going oh yeah <laughs> well i'm like we'll be right with you okay and then uh yeah and yeah don't don't snap for your bartenders or servers people <laughs> yeah please don't <laughs> but uh yeah uh it got yeah th- that was kind of the challenge for me other bartenders i've talked to they were like Oh yeah! As uh, soon as I saw them pull up, uh, I immediately had their beer and their shot sitting on the table or uh, whatever. And I can even remember one time where the server walked up to me. She wasn't old enough to uh, actually pour, or she could serve the liquor, but she couldn't pour. Mm-hmm. And so she walks up to me and says, "I need a Foster's and a McNaughton's." And immediately, with that, I knew what was going on. And I, without turning around, I just yelled, "Hey, I Steve!" Knew it was. Uh, yeah, I just yelled, "Hey, Steve!" And he goes, "Hey, Anthony!" <laughs> And, but, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, did you, uh, did you have regulars like that where, you know, they didn't, it was like, you knew. Yeah. we had a couple, um, that would come in on Sunday night. They were probably early sixties maybe. Um, but over dinner they would have a bottle of Sauce Blanc in the chilled cooler and everything. And then they wouldn't have dessert, but he would have an extra dry martini while she had her frangelico like and she just wanted just a cool glass of frangelico that's it mm-hmm. and that was their dessert was like, all right but that was their drink they would change it up with food but they stuck with their drink yeah so yeah there were no customers that uh you walked up and just just said the usual and you know go get their burger and fries or whatever you, did you have that um there were a couple um, it was mainly family. So when I worked at Uno's on Tuesdays, it's kids eat free. Mm. So we would always have, we would have like four or five families that came in every week. That was their, like their, that was their splurge day of the week. Mm. Instead of it being Friday night, you order pizza out. They were like, oh, we're going to go to Uno's. Then only mom and dad have to pay for their food. You don't have to pay for the kids, right? Mm. And make your own pizza was always a hit with the kids. They oh, sure. had plenty of families where it's like, as soon as you saw them sit down, it's like, oh, all right, I got to grab two cheese and two pepperoni, make your own pizzas for the kids kind of thing. And bring those out, get the drinks going, and then bring those back to get cooked while parents figured out what they want to eat and got to chill a little bit. Yeah, get a chance, uh, wow. kids a chance to be creative. That's awesome. I, I, uh, the only time yeah. I was able to make my own pizza, I think it was still part of the Cub Scouts. And our our den leader's husband uh, owned mm-hmm. a pizza joint, and so we went over there and we made our own pizzas. And um, I'm like, hey, this is neat. Well, and those make your own pizzas. We didn't use, like, the actual, like, sticky pizza dough. Mm. It was, like, the almost a flatbread-style yeah. pizza dough, um, just softer for the kids. Um, it always worked really well. It's actually pretty tasty. They're... Every morning, that was one of our opening shift duties, was make like 30 or 40 of these pre-made. So all you have to do is walk back, grab the plate that has the sauce, the cheese, the bread. And we had popsicle sticks that the kids would write their name on and that we would write the table number on so that we know whose kids pizza is whose kind of thing once it goes through the oven. But What's the most common thing that the kids would put on their pizza? Um, we only offer cheese with pepperoni. Oh, so, okay. So, um, just for that. I mean, occasionally a kid would be like, oh, can I have olives? So then you'd sneak back and throw some olives in a little ramekin so they had something to, mm. extra to toss on there. But 
Okay, so yeah, you just you gave them limited to the nice kids. Yeah, you yeah. gave them limited toppings. So, because my next thought was, what's the most unusual thing a kid would pe- want to put on a pizza? You know, I mean, did they ask yeah, for marshmallows? That's... Did they ask for? <laughs> I want to say after I left, Uno's made some sort of dessert pizza, make your own thing. Mm. Um, when I was there, they had a make your own Sunday too. But I want to say after I left, there was some sort of like dessert pizza thing that they made. Now, was it easy to deal with with the kids uh, when they're making their own pizza? Do they make a mess? or They do. So I have, my daughter's about to be nine this week. Um, Happy so birthday. when I was serving at Uno's, that was five years ago. So I started Uno's when she was three and four. Mm. Um, so I was kind of used to the mess. So as a mom, I like, I do. <laughs> like the kids were going to make a mess of the cheese because it's shredded cheese. You're going to make a mess. Right. Like, I make a mess when I use shredded cheese, <laughs> but I know a lot of the servers that were like just 18, 19 year old kids, like first job, they would definitely, they didn't like working Tuesdays because they were wasting too many kids and like the parents weren't drinking a lot, so the tab wasn't getting high with the drinking and it's like, it's family night, like mm. dad's going to have two beers, mom's going to have a glass of wine and they're going to be good. Like <laughs> I'm all about you getting the highest tab. Give them a good time. They're going to take you well. Right. doesn't matter what the tab is. Now, with all your time in the uh, working in the restaurant industry, as you got older and were actually as a server doing, like like you said, working at the pizza joint or other restaurants that you may have worked at, campers, you know, you got some maybe some kids that just want to sit there and drink coffee all night long or uh, people that all of a sudden decide to have an office meeting after they've finished their meal and they end up sitting there for two, three, four hours. Did you have that problem Mm -hmm. very often? It didn't happen as often. I feel like since it's a chain, people kind of had that mindset of like, oh, okay, it's a chain. Like this is not the place. Mm -hmm. I worked at a small restaurant. Again, it was a pizza restaurant um, mainly uh, called Anzio's. And it was pizza, Italian food, and beer and wine. No beers on tap. It was just bottled beer bottles of wine we would pour glasses too of course but i had a lot more campers there Mm. for some reason even though it was a much smaller place we didn't get a lot of office people but like we would get the families that were coming out to celebrate nani's birthday or whatever Mm. that would stay like half the day because they needed every little detail about nani's life for (laughs) her 80 years even though they've been with her for the 80 years kind of thing. And, <laughs> uh, um, now, when I when I was a little kid, uh, I'm talking like third, second, third grade, uh, they still had video games in pizza places. And that was like the cool part. You know, uh, you you sit down and have your pizza and as, uh, your, my, as my parents were, uh, you know, just sitting back, relaxing just for a minute, and then I'd go play Star Wars or Pole Position or something like that. Now, that's dating me right mm-hmm. there. But uh, <laughs> um, I but, remember that in, like, my uh, Papa Gino. We, Papa Gino's, I think, still have those little quarter machines and stuff. Yeah. Uh, see, you, know, you get uh, – that's the question that I was kind of getting at. I mean, uh, every once in a while, you know, uh, the parents would sit back and think, let the kids go and have fun. Do, you know, here's a dollar and quarters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just go do your thing. We'll be right here if you need us. Or once you're done, we'll go home. And are, were you concerned about turnover uh, at that point? Um, so at Uno and Angios, the pizza places I worked at, they didn't really, they didn't have any of that arcade type style. It was definitely more of like a, hey, this is a sit down meal, sit down restaurant kind of thing. At pins, that could get annoying. I wasn't a server there, so it didn't affect me as much. Mm. Um, it affected me as a hostess if I had a long wait. So people would get kind of irritated that their wait was getting longer because the parents were sitting having a couple beers while the kids were next door in the arcade. Yeah. And that also, on the other side of the wall, as just customer service on the bowling alley, would get irritating because the kids being left alone in the arcade weren't always the best behaved because right. they weren't actually in the parent's site either. They were just in the same building. <laughs> but yeah, it could get irritating. Um, 
as a hostess at the bowling alley, though, I would sometimes have to kind of just go up to the parents and be like, hey, like, I see you guys are done. Like, especially if the server's like, hey, they've already paid out. Like, they're just hanging out. I would have to go up and kind of be like, hey, I see you guys are done. I need this table. Like, there's a few chairs in the arcade. It would be great. You'd be able to see your kid. And because they had tables and, like, bar height chairs kind of throughout the arcade as well. Sure. Specifically so that you could sit with their kids. So I had to be that diplomatic person every once in a while. But typically the servers were okay at dealing with it themselves. So you were uh, bartending and serving, or, well, yeah, bartending and serving as you were going to school. Yes. What were you studying? I have my degree in math. Uh, math and secondary education. Uh, secondary education? Yeah. yeah so help help me out a little bit. Am, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am certified to teach high school math. Oh, okay. So, like, what, algebra, geometry? Yeah, algebra, geometry, calculus, um, trigonometry, statistics. Statistics is my specialty when I was in school. That's already way beyond me, but you know, I, yeah. but anyway. I deal with numbers for a living now. Sure. I, I do the accounting for a multi-million dollar company now, so. Now, going That's to school. That's what I do all day. I stare at numbers. Well, cool. Um, so, Going to school, and I it's like I tell everybody, you know, if you want a nice, flexible job so you can keep money in your pocket while you're pursuing a passion, mm-hmm. going to school, whatever, work in the service industry. That's the best place to keep money in your pocket. Was that the case for you? Exactly. Yeah, and that was also so it was that, and I also had my daughter um, when I was serving. I was a single mom. Um, so the days that my daughter was with her dad were the days that I would serve. Mm. And I would also try and work my school schedule to almost be that same schedule to a point. So I wasn't always trying to find a babysitter. Like the days I had my daughter, I wanted to just be off and have my kids. Because um, uh, I have 50-50 custody. So half the week she's with her dad, half the week she's with me. Mm. So I would work Saturday night. That was one of the nights that I had a babysitter. Mm. But then I worked Sunday double, Monday day, because then I had a night class, and Tuesday double serving. Wow. Okay, so... Otherwise, I took online classes or... So student, single mom... Random day class. uh, Student, single mom, plus a uh, server at, at various restaurants... Like, that's like multitasker uh, maximum level. I mean, that, that's amazing. <laughs> I continue that now. I continue that now. I have my office job. I'm the president of my HOA. Mm. Um, I do the CW Spirits thing. Uh, I try and keep up with my TikTok, which I have not been doing very well with lately. Um, I stream on Twitch. Like, I'm kind of all over the place still. I teach dance. We just had recital, so I have the summer off. But I teach dance as well as my daughter dances. So that's serious multi- multitasking. I mean, I, I work for eight mm-hmm. to ten hours at my job, and I I come home and I'm just I should really should uh, edit that podcast. But oh, the the Avengers is on. I haven't seen that in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I go through spurts where I get very productive. So that's when I'll make like a. 2030 draft on TikTok, and that will be like what I post for the next three weeks, kind of thing. And, mm. Yeah, the, uh, and then the rest of the time I get to sit on the couch or stream. I play video games anyway, so I might as well stream and chat with people while I do it. See, I haven't, got, I've never gotten into the playing video games and streaming. I don't play video games as much as I used to, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've never done the Twitch thing or anything like that. Uh, so. Uh, I've heard uh, a lot of people that do. I mean, there's a lot of TikTok personalities that, hey, going to be live on Twitch playing uh, Fortnite or whatever the popular game is this week. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, interesting, cool. But <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Twitch. I like video games. Video games and books are my kind of, here's my downside. Mm. I read and I play video games. 
Bake Sale Cookie Box is an adorable box of 12 pouches of award-winning chocolate chip cookie liqueur. Each tear top pouch contains one and a half ounces of Bake Sale, a 40% alcohol liqueur that tastes like cookies because it's made from thousands of pounds of real chocolate chip cookies. Bake Sale is so delicious that it won the double gold medal at the year's San Francisco World Spirits Competition, the highest possible medal at the largest competition in the world. Out of 5,000-plus brands entered to win the competition, only a small handful win this award. You can serve it on its own over ice, mix it with coffee, or even mix it with vanilla ice cream. Imagine showing up at a party, movie night, housewarming, or bachelorette bridal party with this boozy box. Get online to cwspirits.com slash heybartender and look for Bake Sale Cookie Box. It's available now, and if you use... Coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout, you get 5% off your entire order. Go to cwspirits.com slash HEYBARTENDER. Use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 today. Hey bartender. So uh, what did you take away from, you said you haven't worked in the service industry for a little while now. You uh, got yourself an office job. Uh, about how long has it been? Yeah, it's been five years. Five years. Okay, so pre-pandemic. Uh, June 18th will be five years. So pre-pandemic. Yes. Okay, uh, I did not have to go through the pandemic as a server, uh, um, thankfully. Yeah, some some of them got, got it pretty hard. Some of them moved on or were able to make ends meet until they were get, able to get back to their job, which, you know, I. Yeah. that's awesome for them. What did yeah. you take away from working in the service industry? Because uh, there are some things that I took away from you – just being able to talk to people. I'm usually pretty introverted. And I thought becoming yeah. a bartender would help me learn to talk to people, help me learn to listen. That's That was the big thing to people. And yeah. I took some of that with me on further careers after being a bartender and server for as many years as I was. Did you take any way with, anything away from that? I mean, you so already have a strong work ethic. You. you already have a strong work yeah, ethic. the so. work ethic was there from the family. Like that was instilled in me for as long as I can remember. But my biggest thing similar to you with talking to people is um, in my role now, I deal with a lot of people. I deal with the employees. I deal with vendors. I feel like I am able to talk to people a little more diplomatically than I maybe would in my typical personality. I can just be very blunt a lot in my typical personality and I think serving helped me a lot and like all right maybe don't go straight straight for the gut like just <laughs> soften that blow a little bit and then also in time management and like being able to keep things in order and this table was sat first like make sure they get their food first so this table is not blocking that they got here first but they got their food first like mm. especially in a rush like prioritizing really Pri- yeah prioritizing that's the word i was thinking about uh, uh prioritizing being able to talk to people uh those really important things because i'm trying to convey to most people i mean the people that love working in the services industry that you know all that's all they want to do good for them i encourage them to keep doing as much as they can yeah. but i'm also trying to give absolutely uh, I, I'm also trying to give people the idea that a lot of the stuff, because uh, servers get put down constantly. I mean, and I did, did you ever hear yeah, the question? they have no skills or stuff uh, like that. Like, did you ever get the question? Skills. Trust me. Yeah. Did you ever get the question like, is this what you want to do? Or, uh, uh, you know, those people that are very judgmental towards uh, hospitality? A lot of my judgment in the service industry so I had my daughter's picture taped on my server book. So it was, I got a lot of the comments of, oh, is that your kid? Yeah, it is. Oh, you're able to take care of her? Or, oh, she must be at home with your husband. This must be a great break for you. Like, no, this is how I support her. Like, it was one of those, like, they thought me serving was a break from mm-hmm. being a mom kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's like, nope, this is how I support her. This is how I pay my bills. <laughs> Well, oh, a comment like oh. that would—I'd I'd want to break their nose. Yeah, that was—that's where a lot of the diplomatic came in. <laughs> I mean, not that I ever actually broke anybody's nose. Yeah. Uh, I never got 
truthfully violent with anybody. I always thought about it, though. Mm-hmm. There's no problem with thinking about it. Uh, oh, there's plenty of time to think about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, somebody Some being... Some of those tables were tables I would go to my manager, it's, especially if they were very, like, very persistent about it. Like, sometimes it was just, like, a, a conversation of, like, oh, you must love being able to get out of the house or your husband takes care of her or something like that. Like, no husband. But if they were very persistent and it felt more judgmental tone, that's when I would, like, go to my manager and be like, hey, go have uh, Stacey or Joe take that table because I'm, uh, I don't think I can deal with them right now. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, that's... Knowing when to step back. And especially in this day and age, uh, when people, uh, the way people are, I mean, saying something like that, assuming that you, you have a husband at home taking care of the kid, assuming that you're, you do that to get away from uh, all that's, uh, awfully presumptuous in this day and age. Mm -hmm. And that can be taken very badly. And, And yeah. And I mean, that was always the crowd. Um, it was all, not always, but it was a lot of the older, very traditional views crowd when at the restaurants I worked at, mm. just the general nature. So I think I threw that skin against it in a way because I knew the temperament of the area. Especially when you work across the street from a church and people get, just get off church and uh, they're exactly. probably... Oh, maybe 40, 50 years older than you. And so they still got the old ways yeah. in their head. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, white picket fence, uh, man goes home, uh, goes to work, woman cleans the house and <laughs> cooks exactly. dinner. And that hasn't been the case for years, but <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, customers that really stick out in your mind that are your, uh, or do you even st- uh, stay in touch with any of them, you know, because you consider them friend? So I never really kept in touch with any of them outside of work. Um, but there were a lot of customers that at my time at Uno's, like the regulars, they would come in all the time. My last week at Uno's, because obviously in our conversations, it came to be like, oh, yep, I'm graduating college in a couple weeks, blah, 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 like starting my office job, don't know how much longer I'll be here. Um, a lot of them actually, like, came in with congratulations cards and, like, oh, cool. little gifts. Like, I got a necklace from um, that couple I was telling you about that got the bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, the Frangelico, and the Dry Martini. They actually, they gave me a card with a very sizable tip in it, and the wife gave me a necklace like it was one of those things of like they felt like part of my journey to say hey congratulations yeah that's that's incredible oh that's very cool that they did that for you uh i've seen customers before like uh yeah i never felt good about doing it so i never tried it personally but a friend of mine said that she announced to the bar that she was taking her son to disney uh, for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, he was like six years old or something like that. And then people yeah. started giving her extra money here. Make sure that your son has a good time. And, uh, you know, there were times where I thought, you know, I'm going to Vegas next month. Maybe I should. No, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I totally could have, but I just something in my, the pit of my stomach you said, you know, I can't do that. But yeah. Unfortunately, um, I didn't have a good farewell story like yours because I usually left my jobs kind of abruptly, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, understandable sometimes in the service industry. Yeah. Um, uh, wasn't necessarily fired, just kind of, well, okay. Yeah. Fired. But, uh, that was really cool. Your customers to, uh, you know, give you a gift, uh, a thank you in a way. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and what about the uh, customers that expected their iced tea to be perfect? And <laughs> did they? Yeah, they weren't much to uh, having conversations about what's going on in your <laughs> life or any of that. So I don't think that they probably didn't even notice I was gone. <laughs> well, I'm sure one of the other girls was taking care of them after me. But. Now you've uh, you've moved on. Uh, you've taken 
you, we've already talked about that you've taken some of your skills that you picked up in the service industry and you've moved on to a corporate job where you deal in statistics. Is that what I heard you say? Um, so I work for, so my company manufactures and repairs endoscopes that are used in robotic surgery. Mm-hmm. And I do the accounting, the production planning, um, the purchasing. So basically anything that has numbers touching it I'm in charge of um, we're very we're a very small hub in a very large company so there's only 10 of us in my specific company we're a subsidiary of a German company that has I think globally we have like 600 employees um, but we're one of the smaller hubs mm. now uh, Between, I want to say there's six or seven now one thing that globally. my f- my father told me, uh, my father told me one day that, uh, I, I never did that well in school, but my sister excelled mm-hmm. and, uh, it was kind of rough for me a little bit because everybody kind of expected my older, you know, me to be like my older sister. They were, uh, they were hoping for me to get great grades, you know, all that stuff never happened. But, uh, mm-hmm. after being a bartender for a handful of years, my father complimented me a few years back saying that, uh, he saw street smarts come up, come off of me. Eventually I, I handled situations better than some people. I'm, I'm not going to compare myself to my sister. That's unfair. But, um, but, uh, well, my sister's uh, a great woman. She's a principal in a middle school, so mm-hmm. she probably handles things, uh, better than I do, but, um, Probably. but, uh, my father complimented me on that. Now, did you do you think you brought street smarts into this corporate job that you have now? I so I was that kid in school that really didn't have to try hard to get the grades. Like I was an average student. Like I wasn't valid valedictorian by any means because I hated doing homework. Yeah, but I was that kid that didn't have to study for the test and would still pass it with flying colors. Like now that I didn't do. <laughs> I knew yeah, I knew the information. I just because I knew the information, I didn't see the point in doing homework of something I already understood mm. kind of thing. Um so I had the book smart and I think serving helped me get a little more of the common sense and street smart, not to the point where I excel with the street smart. Like I still definitely more excel in the books, numbers, analytical, logical thinking mm. than the street common sense side of things. Yeah. I, I can't say I know everything about common sense. That would be ridiculous. It's like saying that, you know, <laughs> everything about one subject. There's always going to be that one person that jumps up and goes, Hey, you know, did you know that this person on Actually, this day? Yeah. They'll, they come up to you with the most trivial fact, like, if I was say, if I jumped up and I said, I know everything about the Beatles. And then all of a sudden somebody will say, well, did you know that Paul McCartney's hair was exactly three and a quarter inches long when they played on the Ed Sullivan show? Why would I know that? (laughs) (laughs) That's not common sense. (laughs) That is an extraordinary fact. But some people take great pride in, you know, ah, I know something that you didn't. Why would I want to know that? Exactly. (laughs) But go. Exactly. But taking it in, did you have to adjust your attitude maybe a little bit uh, before you went into corporate, uh, your corporate job? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I one def- definitely had to adjust my sleep schedule a little bit. Mm. Um, I started working seven thirty to four instead of four to one or two. Yeah, switching um, night to days that sucks. <laughs> the for the first month or two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that drastic of a change since I did have a daughter. I wasn't like oh, to sleep till of course. June anyway. Um, but there was like the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday where I didn't have her in the morning. Like I was able to sleep until I had to go to work or had to go to class or whatever it may be. But attitude wise, yeah, I had to be a little more cautious with how I work, talk to coworkers. Mm. Obviously, an office is much different than sitting in back in the kitchen. Um, Probably less swearing. Very differently in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, a lot less swearing. Um, <laughs> but again, it's a smaller company. So 
when I started with this company to now, we're a much smaller company. So it's a lot less corporate of a feel and more, I don't want to say like a family business is not, um, because it is still like a corporate nature overall, but there's a lot of leniency and comfortability between the 10 people that are there. Like everyone's very comfortable with how everyone would react to whatever you'd say. Mm. So while there was adjustments, not huge ones, I guess. Mm. You didn't way to say it. Not much. You didn't really notice much of a change then. Yeah. Like I knew I had to control myself more and how I speak to people, but also I kind of already had to do that with customers anyway, which mm. is where it saved me. But with, uh, with the environment I was in with the customer, I had to be careful with how I spoke to everyone anyway. Mm. So, and if a customer upsets you, there's no walk-in freezer to uh, run into and scream and then come back out. Yeah, no. I mean, now, now I have my office. I can just shut my shut my door <laughs> and it locks. So no one can come in. But <laughs> That's cool. You got? Does it have your own window? Yeah, I have two windows. So now that's how you know you've done well with your life. You got a window in your office and you have two. So, so congratulations. Two. <laughs> I'm pretty, my boss came into my office the other day and told me, I think my office is bigger than mine. And he doesn't know why I gave, he gave him, gave me that office. Cause he's pretty sure it's bigger. So I'm like, you put me here. So. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So let's talk about your social media a little bit. You said you're very into books. Oh yeah. Um, I, so I started out on TikTok through book talk. Mm. Um, I don't do so much of the book talk of book reviews. I'm horrible at book reviews. I'm one of those people that I'll read a book. I know the general premise of the book. I know I enjoyed the book or did it. And I know a few key factors that I enjoyed, but I'm not someone who can tell you, Oh, on page 20, when Alex says to Jody, blah, 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 that was phenomenal. The author word is, just so that I got this feeling from it. I can't do that kind of review, mm. um, which is a lot of book talk. Yeah. Um, so I did more or do more of the promoting authors directly. Like, Hey, this person has a new release. I really enjoy their book. Mm. You should check this one out. Um, and there's a thing called book ferrying. All, almost all the book talkers have an Amazon wish list oh. link in their profile mm. and you can send a book to them safely without seeing their address or them seeing yours, that kind of thing. So a lot of book varying back and forth between people and bring big connections like with Lonnie's sister. And we have a whole community. We have a whole discord channel with over 400 people in it now. So, oh, wow. um, I, so I like to, I guess, put myself into the book in a way. Like, obviously, it depends how well it's written onto whether my brain can do that. And that kind of dictates my enjoyment of the book a bit. Of, uh, can I, like, can I, I don't necessarily want to be the main character, but can I see myself standing in this setting watching the story unfold? Mm as opposed to, oh, I'm hearing about it from so-and-so. Mm. Like, okay. I want to feel immersed into the story. And that's how I kind of gauge my enjoyment of a story. So, like, say you're reading Goblet of Fire, and you you don't want to be Harry Potter, you don't want to be Hermione, you want to be somebody in the background that's actually watching uh, Dumbledore exactly. grab Harry and say, did you put your name in uh, in the goblet? And uh, you're one yeah, of those type of people. That's exactly it. Yeah. Good choice of book. Uh, it's one of the few books, book references I can actually make and feel good about myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never been much of a reader, but uh, uh, but I'm, with the help of my niece and my, my sister, I'm aware of a lot of stuff. But Yeah. So what's... I the... have this entire side of the Harry Potter tattoo, so... Oh, really? Well, have yeah. you ever, uh, you said you listened to Lonnie's 
uh, interview. Did you hear that she she has Harry Potter tattoos? Yeah, sleeves? she has the whole sleeve. Yeah, yeah. I heard. Uh, I yeah. went, I even asked her, do they allow that at Disney? And uh, she said, yeah, they let me. So, but um, yeah, yeah. Th- but because uh, that's technically a universal movie too, isn't it? Yeah, that's a different movie company. So I was a little worried about that. But what's your book okay. right now? Um, so I read two genres. I read contemporary romance and I read young adult dystopian, which could fall under sci-fi or fantasy. Um, depending what setting it is, like sometimes it's in a completely different world and sometimes it's in the future of our world. And that kind of dictates the dystopian sci-fi or dystopian fantasy. Um, right now I've been on a little bit of a rom-com kick. So like you think a chick flick movie, but put it in book form. Mm. You get a lot more details, a lot more, I like it. I'm always someone who prefers the book over the movie. Sure. Um, only time I didn't was the Hunger Games novel. Really? And I love, but I think that's because I saw the movie first. Ah. So that's what stuck with me. But I tried reading the books and I just couldn't get through them. And I think it's because I saw the movie first. I had that same problem with Jurassic Park. I saw the movie first. But then I started reading mm-hmm. the book, and then all of a sudden I started getting mixed up because they left a lot of great stuff in Jurassic Park, the book, out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then after I was done oh, yeah, reading... yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, after I was done reading the book, I was like, did it happen in the movie or is that my imagination? Uh, um, but when it comes to, like, rom-com, my friends and I, uh, that all my pop culture friend, uh, friends and I, we all pretty much agree, at least the guys do, uh, we all agree that the Princess Bride is a uh, uh, dude's movie disguised as a chick flick. But I mean, I love that movie. That's one of the best movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, uh, it, it's goofy. It, I don't see it so much as a romance either, though. So, like, I see it as like just a straight comedy. Like, yeah, sure, there's a little romance in it, but like, I see that as a comedy in my mind. Yeah, I uh I don't think I've ever known anybody that actually read the book. They were all happy with the movie. But Yeah. But anyway. The movie got a lot of the details right. <laughs> so you're into uh uh dystopian type of stuff. Uh you're uh right now you're mm-hmm. reading romantic comedies. Uh what are you reading right now? Do you prefer paper uh, or uh or do you li- actually like using a pad or Kindle or So I Read digitally, mainly, either on my phone. I have a Kindle, my iPad. Honestly, depending what has the most charge and <laughs> what I feel like holding at that moment. And sometimes throughout the day, depending where I'm sitting, I'll switch. I'll put my phone down and grab my Kindle if I want to soft the light on my eyes kind of thing. Um, what I'm reading right now is called Pretty Instinct by S.E. Hall. Um, and it, it's advertised as a rock star romance, but it's, you don't get much of the rock star. Like, yeah, they live on a tour bus and two people in the band are getting into a relationship, but one of the people wasn't in the band to start. Like, it's not like this whole best friends to lovers kind of thing. It's a, oh, we needed a guitarist and you're going to hop on the tour bus. And yeah, we connect really well but they're only on a tour bus for a couple months and then they move forward with their life. It's less about the rock star part, more about the, their lives part. Oh, okay. Um, even though it's kind of advertised as a rock star romance. Kind of reminds me of the movie, almost famous. I'm more of a movie guy than I am a book book guy, but mm-hmm. almost famous didn't um, really go heavy. Into, similar. Yeah. Uh, they didn't go heavy into the rock star. Well, other than standing on top of a rooftop on drugs, jumping into a swimming pool, but yeah, well, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so, but I read a lot. I have probably two or 300 ebooks. And if I really like a book or if an author wants to connect with me through TikTok or something, they'll typically send me a signed copy of a book. Oh, cool. Um, most of my paper copies now are signed. Oh, wow. And that's where, why I have my book cases. Cause 
at least 80% of the books on my shelf now are signed copies. Now, I don't want you to hurt anybody's feelings, but what's your most coveted copy that you have right now? Oh, so hard. <laughs> Sorry about that. Honestly, I don't know if I'd call it coveted, but one that makes me really happy is, I'm going to say two. Um, there's one that is an author that I've become very close with just through TikTok, and like I really love her books, so I was always posting about her. We became friends, so she started reaching out and saying, hey, I have a new book coming. I'm sending it to you. Give me your address. No, she didn't want anything. No questions asked. Just give me your address. That's that. Mm. Um, and that's Rebecca Hefner. Um, and she writes, so she writes paranormal romance um, under Rebecca, Rebecca Hefner, and she writes more like Hallmark romance, so it's with Spice. Um, under Isla Asher and I have most of her books signed and then another book that I got and I literally met this author it's actually a writing duo it's the husband and wife writing scene um I literally only met them because they reached out to me because they saw how well I promoted other authors and they're like we really want to connect we want you to read this book and honestly tell us what you think and if you love it can you please promote it kind of thing mm-hmm. kind of like the cw spirit stuff um and it's called the lottery and i always mispronounce their name so i want to stare at it um the husband and wife's name uh the wife is lux and husband is dimitri but their author name is karpov kinray um, and it's the lottery and the husband actually designs the covers. Beautiful cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. This is their discreet cover. And then they have another cover that has the hot looking guy on the front, but <laughs> I found this one really pretty. Yeah. But again, this one is signed. And I also got like a little note from them, like thanking me for, chatting with them and all that and like because I gave them tips so I'm like make sure you do this kind of thing on your TikToks or if you're going to post it on Instagram look, make it look like this that kind of thing so yeah. well that's cool well this is a question uh, to wrap things up here real quick uh, this is a question mm-hmm. I should have asked you only a few minutes ago uh, what house are you in uh, at Hogwarts I'm a mix between Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw okay <laughs> what, what makes you a mix um, so I, when I was younger, I was definitely Hufflepuff, <laughs> but as I get older and I don't want to say cynical because I don't think that's the right word. Um, but I'm not as hopeful as a Hufflepuff anymore, I guess. Mm. I'm more into the logic side instead of the, um, blindly feeling fine. Everything's going to be fine. Mm. So I move more towards Ravenclaw as I get older. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, uh, Brianna, thank you so much for taking time out to be on Hey Bartender Podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself. It's it's been a blast, and and you actually got me talking about books. That's no uh, easy feat. Hey, (laughs) I feel accomplished now. I got one of my bar people talking about books, so... (laughs) Well, um, anyway, before we go, uh, why don't you tell people uh, where to find you on social media? All right. I am on TikTok at bjordan18, um, Twitch at bjordan1893. Instagram is also bjordan1893. Um, And that's mainly the three places I post. I have an author page on Facebook, but it's not active yet because I don't have my book yet. Mm. Um, I just reserved it yeah. so that it can't go away. Yeah, so pretty much be Jordan anywhere. Um, I have a Discord. All my links are in my bio for everything. Every bio has a link attached to it so that you can get to all the other links. So Okay, very cool. So... Yeah, if you want to get a hold of her and uh, talk books, just like I did, even though I, you know, 
I have no business talking about books, but I tried. <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you. Okay, people, before we go on to last call, I've got a musical guest this episode. I haven't done this for a really long time. She's from the America's Liquor Down Band. She was uh, on featured on the show a few years back, and she's come back and asked me to play some of her music again, and, of course, I'm more than happy to do that. So without further ado, this is Lilana Gee featuring Adrian Connor with their single, Build. Once again, that was Lalani Gee featuring Adrian Connor with their new single, Build, available now on all streaming services. And that's it, people. That's last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar. Get your last one because you're not getting any more after that. Big thanks to Brianna Jordan for coming on the show, talking about her life as a waitress and working with family and her uh, love for books. Big thank you to... Lilana Gee for letting me use her single build. Remember, you can download that on all the streaming services right now. 
And also, people, if you want to follow me on social media, all you have to do is search out uh, Hey Bartender Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and t- TikTok, I am at Hey Bartender Podcast. On Twitter, I am at Hey Bartender P01. I don't use Twitter so much, so you're not going to get much out of that. Also, check out www.heybartenderpodcast.com where you can check out recent episodes or you can even shop for a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt or other swag I got available on there. And remember, if you're into shopping online and you need some new spirits for your liquor collection, head over to cwspirits.com, Country Wine and Spirits. And they've got a bunch of stuff there and a bunch of stuff that I've never been able to find. So it's a great selection. Go check it out. Just remember to use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order, plus free shipping on all orders over $100. Anyway, that's it for Hey Bartender Podcast this week, people. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to share, like, subscribe, and all that groovy stuff. Help me become popular. And as usual, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I think I need another drink. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.